0: Good morning, everyone. A little while ago, Bronte and I went to Coffs on a bit of a family holiday, uh, and it was lovely. We got to see my family, we got to go to the beach, drink copious amounts of coffee, all the things that I enjoy doing, uh, and we decided while we're up there to have a bit of a belated anniversary dinner. So. Kids off to Uprenormas. Uh, we found a nice little seaside Italian restaurant. And and it was it was beautiful. Uh, it was great food, great drinks, great service. Everything we could ask for, and many things we didn't ask for, they still brought to us. They anticipated our needs uh, and they served us with all of their 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 desire. Uh, it was ten out of ten, happily would go back. Uh, and I think there's something to that that we love being served. Not just at a restaurant. When I get home from work, one of my favourite things is when Bronte makes me a coffee. My birthday rolls around, I get presents, I might get breakfast in bed, it's pretty good. I feel like a bit of a king. And so I think as people, we love to be served. It makes us feel important, it makes us feel loved, it makes us feel thought about. But today we're going to see how Christ serves us and why that matters and our response to that. And so I'm going to pray as we get into it as well. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the life of Jesus, uh, the servant king who died for us. As we look into service, uh, Lord, help us to have open and humble hearts to your word. May I preach your word faithfully and true. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so service is our word today, the S word a big word, and possibly for us, a bit of an uncomfortable word. What does it mean? What are the unspoken expectations lurking behind it? Because the idea of service can have a fair bit of baggage to it. You can feel like a cog in a machine, or a number on a page, or maybe you think of exhaustion and burnout. Maybe we're even a bit bitter because it doesn't feel like anyone else is serving and so we have to pick up the slack. And we all have our own experiences with this topic, good and bad. And so as we look at it today in light of our discipleship pathway of connect, grow, serve, go, I want to start off by getting Jesus' perspective on it. And to do that, we need to clarify what serving is, and to do that, we need to clarify what greatness is. Because in Jesus' eyes, greatness and service are very closely linked. And so in our passage today, we have two men who want to be great. And they and their mum reckon that they've got the makings of greatness in them. They want to be Jesus' greatest men. Two and three in the kingdom, they want to be in charge. And and there's background to this. This isn't out of the blue. Uh, Jesus has said very recently in the previous chapter, chapter 19. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man is sitting on his glorious throne, You who have followed me will sit on twelve thrones, judging the tribes of Israel. But everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. See, Jesus has promised his disciples thrones already. And James and John's mum are doing what I think any parent would do. They're trying to secure their sons, her sons, the best seats. Only she and her sons have missed the point. Because before Jesus said this in chapter 19, chapter 18, his disciples asked him, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And so Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them. He said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Greatness isn't found in being in charge, and being a bank manager or an influencer. It's not in popularity or being on the most rosters. It's not even how close to Jesus you are. It's found in the lowly position of a child or coming back to our passage, in the lowly form of a servant. A servant's entire role in life is to serve. It's in the name. Day in, day out, morning after morning, night after night, a servant's role is to seek their master's will. And the servant Jesus is talking about can be thought of as as someone who waits tables, a table waiter. And a table waiter's goal is to meet the needs of those on the table. Sitting and dining at the table. And often a good table waiter will know what you need before you do. Top a glass of water, need an extra plate. They know that they meet your needs, they anticipate them, and they serve. They clean up the mess, especially the mess that I tend to make, because uh, they know what needs doing. And so, what Jesus is actually doing here is laying a very counter cultural understanding of greatness. It's the opposite of what we see all around us. It's not about fame or wealth and respect. It's not about how it makes you look. And in verse 25, Jesus points out that the leaders of their time were these kinds of people. They were pushing their authority, overbearing, lording it and ruling it over people. But Jesus tells his followers, not so with you. Not so with you. And so, not so with us. And so this discipleship pathway – connect, grow, serve, go – one of our goals is to serve like Jesus served. And last week Dave spoke to us about growing in Christ. Well, today's serving is the natural outpour of growing. If we're growing, we will be serving. A good way to think about this is like an orange tree or any fruit tree. When an orange tree is watered, it produces oranges. The tree doesn't have to think about it. You water it in its season, and it grows. It bears fruit. It just does. And like Dave said last week, there are good days and there are bad days. There are good years and there are bad years. And that's okay. That's why we have Jesus. That's why we need Jesus. Because he sustains us. It's how he serves us. What is service? Jesus considered it greatness. And it's the natural outpouring of growing in Christ. So that's the what, and now I want to look at the why. Why do we serve? And this is, I think, very important to get right. Without the why or with the wrong why, serving can become burdensome. It can become begrudging. It can lead to burnout and bitterness. So ask yourself the question, why do you serve? What's your framework for it? Do you serve because there doesn't seem to be any other options? I I remember a time in a growth group. uh, The leader asked at the end who wanted to pray, and everyone and I started shifting around, and I made the mistake of looking at the leader, who then looked at me, and, well, I was praying. Maybe we like the exposure uh, of public praise from being served... of serving, sorry. And in my heart, this is something that I wrestle with. Every small thank you is a temptation for me to feed on my own sinfulness, to think how great I am for serving. Maybe we fear committing to serving due to past experiences or tensions. Um, I know I have a tendency to dip when the question comes out of who's going to vacuum or scrub the toilets. And maybe we're somewhere in the middle. Maybe you've got it right and you get why you serve. And praise God, don't hear me saying that you have to have it wrong. You've got it right. Hallelujah. That's fantastic. But for those of us that struggle with the why, let's look at our role model. Because the way Jesus served, the why he served, is because he loved his Father. And it's because he loves us. It's not about self aggrandizement, it's not about power or fame or control. It's about a perfect love that Jesus has, a deep love. And the Bible uses the illustration of a husband and a wife because we're called the bride of Christ. See, Jesus puts our needs before his own. He has a love that's about meeting where we're at, not necessarily our wants or our hopes, though he does provide for them when that's what's best for us. But he knows exactly what we need and provides that. And Jesus serves out of a desire to love. And Jesus is putting into practice his own words here in Matthew 18. He's become like a little child and is welcoming people into his kingdom. On top of that, our passage is sorry, and on top of that, in our passage, we see that he has come to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve so that he could die for us. That's why, and Jesus' service doesn't actually stop there. No, see, he died and rose again, and what's he doing now? Is he chilling out on the beaches of heaven? No. Is he drinking Long Island iced teas with Moses? No. He's still interceding for us, at the right hand of God, no less. Jesus Christ still serves us every second of every minute of every day. And that is something that we need to feed ourselves. We need to water ourselves with that truth. And so going back to our orange tree analogy, that's how we grow, with the teaching and the love of Christ. If you feed on that, you will grow good fruit. It's inevitable. And so for those of us that are tired or burnt out, I encourage you, feed on Christ, rest in him, and serve him. And for those of us that are charging ahead, feed on Christ, rest in his word, and serve Him. Why do we serve? We're the bride of Christ. And so, as our husband loves us and cannot help serving us, so we cannot help serving Him. We've got the what, we've got the why, now the how. How do we serve? What I'm not saying is that we need to do church rosted formal ministry 25 hours a day, 8 days a week. What I am saying is that we should be seeking to serve Jesus 25 hours a day, 8 days a week. We serve by meeting the needs of people, like Jesus did. Did they need food? He fed them. Did they need care? He looked after them. Did they need guidance? He showed them the way. Did they need eternal life? It was in every part of his life and his teaching. And what does this look like? Great question. And I've got a few points I want to make on the, on the matter, and as a good Australian, I'm going to answer them in the negative. Being on a roster, this is my first point, being on a roster is serving, but serving isn't just being on a roster. We use rosters in our church to help facilitate and manage the weekly needs of our church body. It's a functional tool that allocates resources and time to best meet those ends. But we can't be, and we aren't, a slave to our roster. We don't serve a roster the roster serves us. And so, as we use it to meet needs, and if you're on a roster and you're a bit disgruntled about it, I would probably say you need to take a break and spend some time feeding on Christ's word and meditating on his scriptures. But I want to encourage you in that situation that your goal is healing, not retreating. I know a couple that were burnt out from ministry in a church they ended up moving churches, and they spent the first year just enjoying the feast and the fellowship of community. They're sitting under teaching, and now they're gearing back up for formal rostered ministry. Did they stop during their year of rest? No, not at all. It just looked different to what we might expect it to look like. They still read their Bible, they still prayed, they still were God-honouring witness at work and in their recreational time. They took a rest from rostered ministry, but they didn't rest from serving Christ. I know others who spend minimal time, if any, on church rosters, but their week is filled with serving their brothers and sisters in Christ. They care for their friends' friend's kids so they can do rostered ministry. Uh, They are meeting up with their non-Christians and sharing their life and the gospel with them. I see people opening up their homes to strangers and welcoming them in. There are mums who faithfully spend their time and energy serving their families, managing their homes. I see dads faithfully serving their family, working hard in their conduct and attitude and action. And these are all people in our church and we can take a real encouragement from that and we can grow together in that. My second point is that serving is not sustainable if it doesn't come from a heart wanting to honour Christ. If your goal in serving is anything but that, you will burn out. Our reasoning for why we serve needs to be Christ-centred. I'm not saying you won't burn out, even if that is your motive. That does happen. But we need to be motivated by Christ, not by secret desires to be recognised or praised, to be a busybody or a people-pleaser, but to show Christ to those around you. And so we come back, if you are burning out in your ministry, I encourage you to deeply reassess your motivation. And if you find it's in a good place, praise God. It may be time to seek wisdom from Dave or the elders or a close friend, but keep serving Jesus, keep feeding and resting and growing in him. My third point is that Jesus leads by example. See, in the Gospels, whenever Jesus calls his followers in some way to serve him, he's shown them, or he will show them, what that looks like. In Matthew, he's been healing the sick and feeding the, the needy and, and giving what he can, and then he calls his disciples to do likewise. In John 13, Christ washes his disciples' feet, the, the, a really big sign of service, and then after that, he calls his disciples to wash each other's feet. And then in our passage, where he comes to lay down his life as a ransom for many, then he goes to the cross And lays down his life as a ransom for us. What is service? It's the natural outpouring of growing in Jesus. Why do we serve? We're the bride of Christ. And so our husband loves us. We can't help but love and serve him back. And how do we serve? With our whole lives, with Christ at the center. Let's pray. Father, as we feed on your word and see more of what Jesus has done for us, Lord, may you grow in us the fruit that comes from that. Our Lord, help us to grow and to feed on you. May we serve you as an outflow of that, to honour Christ and to thank him for his love and his mercy and his service to us. Uh, for those of us that are hurting, Lord, we pray for your healing. We pray for uh, intercession there. For those of us that are going guns blazing, Lord, sustain us and, and may we stay close to our motivation to honour and serve Christ. And for those of us struggling with service in the first place, help us to feed, to rest, to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen.